Do you know Blake's poems? About the lamb and the tiger. I do know Blake superficially. But I'm afraid I'll only escape a comprehensive tutorial. God created both the lamb and the tiger. The lamb represents innocence, and the tiger represents savagery. Both parts are perfect and necessary. The tiger lives on blood and murder, kills the lamb. And that is also the artist's nature. You read Blake like the devil reads the Bible. After all, the poor lamb didn't ask to die in order to become even the greatest art. The lamb has been bestowed with the honor of living forever in art. And art is divine. The following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. <laughs> they must be destroyed on sight! gentlemen uh we're back after a little bit of a hiatus it is they must be destroyed on site episode 157 wow. and i'm your host yeah i'm your host lee if you feel like screaming i definitely think that you should russell and i'm joined by my co-host returning after quite a little absence paul you might as well be a serial killer sorry but you kind of look like one romali how you doing sir <laughs> as accurate as that sounds, but mm. yes, here I am. Have you recently like uh, bludgeoned an attractive blonde in the face with a uh, jack for for a car? Or uh... yes, but uh, she had an amazing pecker on her too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be uh, going a little uh, off kilter here uh, on this episode. Uh, we're doing a request from one of our listeners in the Facebook group, Jay Deering. And he said, uh, why don't you do some uh, Lars von Trier films? Do the host that Jack built, his latest film. And okay, so we're definitely going to do that tonight. I'm not going to promise a lot of insight. Let's just put it that way, because (laughs) totally new to both me and Paul. Like, I've seen some scenes here and there from some of his movies, and I kind of know his reputation. But other than that, really don't know a lot about him and didn't do a lot of research. Just kind of watched the movie. So you're going to kind of just get our initial impressions and hey paul actually sort of watched the whole movie this time which is fucking weird considering it's a two and a half hour movie and you it's better than most movies we've ever done yeah <laughs> like this movie is as long as the good the bad and the ugly uh which is super fucking long and paul actually watched it although he did fast forward through most of it but he still went yeah. to the end <laughs> yeah. so i mean it's interesting we have to see the guy from downfall in it yeah, yeah. Bruno Gantz, who just recently passed away, sadly. Who also, of course, was uh, Jonathan Harker in uh, Nosferatu remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, w- we will get into that. But we do have some comments here to get through. Quite a quite a few, actually. We, we accumulated some over the two weeks we were away. So Daru McAleese says, Just to say, guys, I'm loving the podcast. It really has been a lifesaver on my stupidly early buses to work in the sense that it makes the journey something to look forward to with a couple of They Must Be Destroyed on Site episodes handy. Nothing like a few sex comedies or gore fests at 7 a.m. I have been listening through the start, but uh, deciding back into recent episodes. So going back to the future, then I'm going to listen backwards from their great work. He also goes on to say he's uh, really liked our recent black exploitation series, which was, he said was brilliant. Uh, he said he'll definitely check out The Intruder. Sounds pretty amazing because he needs to see some vintage uh, William Shatner. He says, uh, my partner last night suggested we watch a movie via Netflix, Lee Daniels, The Butler. She had no idea it was going through your recent shows. Doesn't match your series, really. And to be honest... I didn't really enjoy it. At some point, it seems to undermine the Black Panthers as a legit movement. I know some love it, but not Whitaker's best, uh, Force Whitaker's in it. Two chocolate box theme park history for me and two 
uh, valorizing of various U.S. presidents. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but I heard it was like kind of a Oscar bait film about race kind of thing. Oh, you know, there was good people on both sides. Kind of thing. I don't. Know. Well, there was actually. It's more like there was bad people on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> and he also says, also heard you were looking for more westerns to watch in the future, which is what we're going to be sort of moving towards uh, after we do this. That's some uh, western. Mm, um, he says, uh, "Have you ever heard of Blueberry, which is an acid western adapting the comics of Jean Garrard?" Uh, starring Vincent Cassell and Juliette Lewis. Uh, and I did reply to him that I have heard of that uh, film. It was something I was kind of thinking about trying out. So uh, we might do that um, when we get into our Westerns, because we're going to do a couple, we're going to do a couple weird Westerns as well. It's just like standard. Like, I have like a uh, massacre time and uh, the Comanche Joe and shit like that still. Mm. Well, uh, I think we're going to do uh Continuing on the William Shatner theme, Daniel and I were thinking of doing uh, White Comanche, where William Shatner plays a set of twins in one film, oh. and and they're like half blood, so they're like half Indian, half white, mm. and the one one of them is like the raping, pillaging Indian character, and the other is like the sort of more standard cowboy hero kind of thing, and the raping, pillaging William Shatner just looks like William Shatner. Like there's no way any, there's, there's no way a, an there's Indian. No, there's no aesthetics. There's no, there's no, no. they don't try to give him a tan or anything. It's like, there's no way that the raping pillaging Indian version of William Shatner would be allowed in any Indian war party back in the day. Cause he just looks like a white dude. He just looks like William Shatner. Yeah. Let's uh get some scalps. <laughs> Spock, beam me up some scalps. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some interesting stuff in our uh, next little jump to westerns. So there you go. Jeff Williams says recommendation for the week: California from 1977, an unusually melancholic spaghetti western that's made all the more poignant by having been produced at the end of the cycle. Directed by underrated Michelle Lupo, the film features one of uh, Giuliano Gemma's best and most pathos-laden performances. So, uh, yeah, we'll put that on the list. And continuing down the Shatner road, we've just gotten a lot of Shatner comments since we did The Intruder. <laughs> they're um, shatting all over this thing. Yeah, they're shatting all over the fucking Facebook page. Since you guys started down the Shatner road, don't sleep on the other two movies in his I trilogy, uh, Incubus and Impulse. Incubus was the infamous film made in Esperanzo, uh by the which is that fake made up language made by the outer limits film crew uh is far better than its reputation implies it feels very much like a low budget bergman homage and shatner puts on a very solid performance despite delivering dialogue in a fake foreign language impulse is a 1970s exploitation film that is god awful in the best way possible with shatner going full ham as a gigolo killer okay there you go yeah Definitely fucking Impulse uh, is one we'll probably look at, and, and maybe the other one as well. Uh, I, 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 I want to see William Shatner hamming it up as a killer. That that works for me. And a recent addition to our uh, Facebook group, uh, Vaughn Kuhlmer, Kuhlmeyer? Uh, I don't know. I probably butchered your name. I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of over. And he's talking about this Lars von Trier film we're watching tonight. He says it's kind of overkill. Uh, I get it, Lars, you're a tortured artist who feels like he's failed, blah, 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 blah. I think it was just as funny as it was violent, but the violence is so over the top and psychotic, but it just kind of comes uh, very funny to me. I just feel it like he doesn't need to make these 42-hour-long films anymore. And yeah, Lars von Trier is known for making very long films. Like, this is actually on the short side of things as far as his films go. <laughs> uh, last one was almost five hours just go back to uh, like Breaking the Waves or Dancer in the Dark, Von Trier, and I'd be happy. Ending off here, Jay Deering says, in regard to this film, it's one of the most antagonistic, blackest black comedies I've ever seen. I loved Bruno Gagan's appearance as Virgil, the poet, also deliberately paced, violent, funny, beautiful during the hell sequences. Antagonistic and disturbing would make for a killer double feature with his Antichrist, another polarizing movie. So there we go. Uh, thanks for the comments, guys. We're going to take a little quick break. We're going to play some music and some podcast promos, and we'll come back and talk about the host that Jack built. You ungodly warlock. Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. 
Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, bark, bark. <laughs> and he said, bark, bark, bark. And she said, bark, 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 bark. That's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner. The other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show. Is available on Hello Doomed Show. Podomatic. Com and Doomed Movie Thon. Com. Hello, hello. This is the Doomed Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hemming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking two? Electric boogaloo? Samurai cop? Army of darkness? Flash dance? <laughs> <laughs> We might destroy the planet if it's flashed <laughs> Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at twelve years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at twelve? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. You ungodly warlock.
stop Jack or the horses laughing. Then they couldn't prevent Jack from feeling happy. The host of Jack Belt from 2018. Your house is a fine little house, Jack. Are you allowed to speak along the way? I was thinking there might be rules. Let me put it this way. Very few make it all the way without uttering a word. But do carry on merrily. Just don't believe you're going to tell me something I haven't heard before. That was maybe a mistake. What was maybe a mistake? Me getting in this car with you. You might as well be a serial killer. Sorry, but you do kind of look like one. people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. think about all the things I've done in my life without in any way resulting in punishment. Directed by Lars von Trier, written by Lars von Trier and Janelle Holland, uh, starring Matt Dillon as Jack, Emil Thorstrup as young Jack, Bruno Gans as Verge, Uma Thurman as Lady One, uh, Siobhan Fallon Hogan as Claire Miller, Sophie Grabell as Lady Three, Riley Keough as Jacqueline, Jeremy Davies as Al, Jack McKenzie as Sonny, uh, Mathis Helm as Glenn. Uh, there's some other people here. Honestly, there's not that many central roles in this movie. It's like it's it's a series of vignettes, so you see these people and then they get killed for the most part. <laughs> Little synopsis here from IMDb. USA in the 1970s, we follow the highly intelligent Jack over a span of 12 years, and we are introduced to the murders that define Jack's development as a serial killer. We experience the story from Jack's point of view, while he postulates each murder is an artwork in itself. As the inevitable police intervention is drawing nearer, he is taking greater and greater risks in his attempt to create the ultimate artwork. Along the way, we experience Jack's descriptions of his personal condition, Problems and thoughts through a recurring conversation with the unknown Verge, a grotesque mixture of 
sophistry mixed with an almost childlike self-pity and psychopathic explanations. The Host of Jack Build is a dark and sinister story, yet presented through the philosophical and occasional humorous tale. And this was written by Centropa Entertainments, which is actually Lars von Trier's production company. So this this was a, this is a case of someone coming onto IMDb and giving like the best possible kind of like blowjob to the movie as possible. <laughs> so so there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, so. I think we're both in the same boat here, Paul. We've never really seen any Lars von Trier films or anything like that. So uh, we're both just little children who walk into the theater in the middle of a movie wondering what the fuck's going on. But uh, I'll ask you for your sort of general impressions on this one. Wow, it was boring. (laughs) It was way, it was a a two and a half hour film that could have been summed up in about 45 minutes. It was it was pre it was predetermined the whole time, so you knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So these uh, yeah, ridiculous idea of uh, um, uh, anticipation moments within the film, which they did a lot, they drew out every fucking second in this film, only added to an annoyance and to an anger moment. Like, and when it didn't actually come out the way that you thought it was going to come out, you just got pissed that you wasted this much time waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was written almost like a 16-year-old wrote it for the first fucking time, as you did say, because I completely agree. And and right from the begin the beginning of this film, the actual commentary between the two uh, protagonists and antagonists was not even close to realistic. That conversation would have never happened, and if that conversation happened, the she would have never decided to go with him, and he would have never decided to go with her. If you're saying, like, goddamn business and fuck you in your face, like, no, let's jump in the car with you. Like, who fucking does that? You idiot. You fucking retard. Who wrote this goddamn drivel? (laughs) Shit. Fucking, so, for what I do know of Von Trier's stuff, he's kind of like a, um, he he makes films to, like, try to, like, shock people and and sort of really, really set them off and and, 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 uh, sort of really offend them. Like, he he really tries hard to do that. So... Well, he offended offended me by trying to talk down to me. That was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about the opening. So this is a set of vignettes. I should state that originally he envisioned this as being like a TV series, like a miniseries. So as as we get into talking about the length of this, uh, I think we can get into the discussion of what might have been left out or what should have been left out or what what wasn't uh, put in, you know. But, yeah, the first vignette, so... Immediately, you get some like stunt casting with Uma Thurman, who's a big Hollywood star, pretty much. And she's just in this brief role where she just makes herself a willing victim unknowingly with this stupid dialogue. And it's obviously all a joke. Uh, as like some of our commenters said, the movie kind of presents itself as a black comedy because there's all these ridiculous situations that are not in the least believable for the most part, whenever you go to these vignettes and yeah, it was just, he draws all these out too long. Like all these vignettes serial killer, like 25 times in the first 20 minutes. So, okay. You're a serial killer. I get this. I get, Mm -hmm. I get, I understand what you're setting up to get knocked down. So we can get this little cheap thrill at the end. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it just pisses me off. The way it's all set up, and it, it, was it just to make her have screen time because she was a main actress? I don't understand. I, I I think I think Von Trier has a weird sense of humor where he thinks this is really funny to draw the it's joke this long. And here's the thing: he didn't even want to kill her at first. He wanted to get rid of her. He was just inconvenienced. He finally killed her just because, like the people watching, he got fed up with her. <laughs> well, she said he was weak, and that was his trigger. So yeah. what was the point was playing with triggers until she found the trigger that would work. I mean, what, yeah. like, what is the point of this? You're just yeah. torturing your, your your audience to play with your subject. You That's know, the what, thing. What's the point of this? That's the thing. It, it kind of plays like there's moments in here that sort of echo back to like torture porn, like uh, the Saw movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like there's setups like that, right? And it feels like this is torture porn where the uh, the real victim is the people watching instead of, right. like, the characters in the film. There is no point in time where you ever set up to the fact that you're supposed to like Uma Thurman. Yeah. So if you don't like her, who gives a fuck if she dies or not? 
and who gives a fuck when she dies or not? Yeah, it's it's weird because all this is from the perspective of Jack. So Jack is talking to Verge, and and he's going through all of his like his most significant murders is is basically what he's trying to and he and he's trying to make a case for his murders. Um, he's trying to uh, conflate them with art. He, he's trying to make this argument that he's an artist of some sort, and so everything's from his perspective. So I guess in a way you could kind of think that maybe it's his perspective that's clouding how Uma Thurman's character really is. Like maybe she was not annoying at all in real life. And this yeah, is the yeah, way he remembers it. Okay. But they never really give you hints of that. Like they never really yeah. make, I, I just basically pulled that out of my ass because yeah, I'm just trying a, to a pretty plain Jane open front film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this film looks really good. I think Von Trier is from just looking at this film, like the way he shoots things, I think it looks really good. I think it flows really well. Like uh, as far as like that sort of uh, aesthetic where it feels like a film from the 1970s, it looks kind of the the part, right? But, and I mean, it sort of, you know, I could compare this to how visually like Zodiac or some other sort of serial killer movies that are period pieces look. And as far as like the technical aspects of this film, it's fucking great. But it, it almost reminded me of a period piece from the seventies, but shot in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know it, it, it's not like it's not like seventies film grain or anything like that. So it's it's definitely like a it's a period piece shot. But like yeah, like but you it said, it doesn't seem like if it, if this is from two thousand eighteen, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it, it does look like a slightly older film. Um, I don't. I don't know what Von Trier is really getting like. It it just feels. I don't want to like just come out and say he sucks, but it no, just felt. <laughs> it it just felt like a really pretentious, uh, like yeah. discussion about art, but done as a serial killer film. I like and, that. Well, there's this like like a monotonous droning bullshit serial killer film with no humanity to give a fuck about the whole time. And then they drizzle it and drip it with this idea of artistic merit, which gives it validation because it doesn't. It's a boring fucking film overall. Yeah. Uh, the, whole, the whole, the only climax of the film is when you see the shitty little human built house in the cooler full of bodies. And then it goes into an art fest for the rest of it. And I go, you know what? I still don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck this whole fucking film. I'll be fucking honest. It's a hard watch. Um, there, there's like there's stuff I really liked in this, but like you said, if it was compressed in about forty five minutes or, or an hour or something like that, like he'd have a really interesting film here, like a really just like an interesting short film. There, there's a lot, there's enough here for an interesting short film, and I think that's where it gets to the uh, the episodic nature of this whole thing and how it was originally supposed to be like a TV series. It feels like he had ideas for full episodes. And he cut them all down, but he mm-hmm. still tried to keep too much in. Like, he just yeah. tried to keep too much in, and he was too in love with dragging out scenes. I mean, there's the, the, the OCD scene. Like, it's, I think it's his second kill where he kills the uh, the lady. He meticulously cleans the whole house. Yeah, and that's based on a Ray Bradbury story, actually, called The, uh, the, the Fruit at the Bottom of the Bowl, I believe it is. And it, it's very much the same the same thing where... Uh, a killer, he, he gets so caught up with obsessing over cleaning all the fingerprints out of the house that he eventually gets caught because he's still at the scene of the crime. And, I mean, Von Trier does sort of, he, he does depict serial killers fairly realistically in a way. I mean, he, he does pull from real serial killers here. Uh, there, there's the uh, the vignette where one of his victims escapes him and the police bring the victim back to him. And that that's like, that's right out of, um, is it, it's not Ted Bundy. Um, I automatically thought Bundy there. Maybe Bundy. Uh, the the one who uh, the one killed, she gets she gets kicked out of the car and then she runs away and then they bring her back. The one who uh, killed young boys and ate them. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, that's the guy that kicked the shit out of him. Got out of his house. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, thing. Serial killers do tend to they do tend to get caught because they get sloppy and make mistakes. You know, some intentionally do it, some kind of get cocky, and because they feel like they're 
getting away with it all the time. The movie makes a point that he just barely misses getting caught several times just because of the luck of the draw. Like he, he drags that he drags that body behind his in his van. Oh, I thought. The, I mean, I thought that was funny as fuck. It was. It was funny. But yeah, because everything was. So, here's the weird thing is, and this is the problem with the film. I'm in this monotonous drone for so long. You have to understand that when something funny happens, I go, huh, and that's it. And I yeah. go right back into my monotonous drone because the film is so goddamn monotonously boring fucking crap. <laughs> like, this is the problem with this film. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, I to be quite honest, I had a hard time trying to pull good stuff out of this. Like, I, I like the performances... I think that the actors try their best. Well, despite... I love the uh, cameo from Toffler from Ravenous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the, yes, the gun shop guy is like, yeah. Is that the same gun shop he actually bought the bullet from? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I I almost feel like he went back, went to a different gun shop. No, and... he went back to the same gun shop. Oh, okay. Like, well, I need a receipt. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> shit out, man. Straighten shit out. He just walks away. And I'm like, oh, I thought he was going to shoot him. Yeah, but it was interesting. I mean, I like the fact how he made the uh, he did that kind of like uh, Ed Gein thing and made a a purse out of the girl's nipple, the breast right. with the nipple there and stuff. I mean, there are points I like. I just think he drew from too many of the bad serial killers and not from enough of the good serial killers. You know what I mean? Like the, the interesting one thing about ones. a serial killer that I love is please catch me. Mm-hmm. Please the the ones that are like sending notes to the cops and like leaving clues and like come on captain motherfucker you need to do this those are the serial killers i think that are more entertaining yeah because he's not one of those and he is he falls in the category of what most serial killers are honestly like they're really dull people in their in their real life because they're not because they're psychopaths they don't have any empathy and everything. Yeah. Introverts. They have no empathy for people. They, they pretend they put on a mask and they're not, they're generally not interesting people at all. Like there's nothing to them other than the fact that they kill people. Mm -hmm. And that's where Jack kind of falls. Like he's a failed architect. Like there's, there's some allusions to Hitler here to a certain degree, both Hitler and he were failed architects. There's some like hints that he has grander designs of maybe committing a genocide if he could get away with it, you know, if he could somehow construct it. But, yeah. you know... Now, come uh, on now, like, uh, I hate to defend Hitler, but he had panache. <laughs> well, I mean, Hitler's here talking to him, basically, in the film, you know, uh, Bruno yeah, Gantz. That's true, who, downfall. Yeah, who, who played Hitler, uh, probably the most famous guy to play uh, Hitler at this point. The, the, the most beloved Hitler on screen is as Bruno Gantz, uh, pretty much. I do like seeing Bruno Gantz said that he's dead because he's a great actor. And I mean, he does give this movie a little bit, a little bit of spice, you know, it's, it, he, he does, you know, do the verbal sparring with Jack. And, do, you, do you feel that there could have been a different person to play this role to give it more spunk? Uh, the, the role of Jack. Yes. Cause he is so, I mean, I'm not hating on anybody, but that motherfucker, I don't know, maybe he was acting, he was instructed to play this monotone role. Like, even when he gets upset, it's still monotone. Like, what the fuck? Like, even when he even when he gets upset, it sounds like, it, it feels like he's putting on an act. Like it, Exactly. It, because, I mean, they make a point of showing him practicing emotions in front of a mirror at one point, you know, where, oh, I'm, I'm very disappointed in you, and stuff like that, you know, like he's... Mm-hmm. So it it feels like he's such a blank slate that he can't even really get angry unless he's pretending to do it. Right. And this is, I mean, I'm sorry, but isn't, isn't, isn't like a, a movies and acting stuff about emotion and portraying that on screen. Isn't that the whole point of an actor? And if he, if like, I, I'm just like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, why would I care? Like why the, the most of the victims, I don't even give a fuck about either. So why well, yeah. do I care about this film at all? Yeah, I mean that that's, that's another thing. It's like it comes from the perspective of a really dull, boring killer who has no life. And I, I mean, and if he is in fact remembering these things in a way that that's that's sort of skewed from his perspective, he's not doing 
anyone any favors here. Like he, he, I mean, it's making for a tedious movie because he's remembering people in the way he wants, and he has, and he's got a tedious, dull mind, basically. And and so everybody he encounters is just tedious to him, and then in it, it becomes tedious to us because we have to watch it, you know. Yeah, the thing is, tedium is is thriving in this film. Now, I I like the 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 culmination of what happens after that lady gets dragged down the road, and her face is all gone, she's all chewed up, and, and mm-hmm. name. I mean, I'd fuck the shit out of that. I mean, I mean I'm okay <laughs> with that. But the problem was like her actual kill was boring as shit. Yeah. Like, okay, what are you doing now? What's the point of this? Why are you doing, like, what is going on? Why did you target her? You're not explaining anything. It's just uh, tedium. I mean, I mean, part of it is, again, it's, he's like going for the joke of weird things sometimes happen in reality. Like, it's it's just a series of, like, uh, sort of mistakes and, and fuck-ups. Oh, he, he doesn't end up strangling her, her to death right away. Uh, she comes back. He, he tries to choke her with a mixture of water and donuts. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. work. Oh, yeah. And then he finally stabs her. Like, uh, and then you know, sorry, stabs her and makes the blood come out. And then I was, I was like, and then puts her in the chair. And then doesn't know what the fuck to do from then. And yeah, realizes I mean, he's making a mess. And he didn't like that at all. In a in a shorter movie where this flowed better, where you know you're you're getting from scene to scene, and you didn't have so much like just nonsense in between. I think this stuff would work way better. And here, here's what I want from this film. I think the final sequence in this film, where he goes with Bruno Ganz's character, Verge, uh, where it becomes Dante's Inferno, and he goes down into hell, and he's going through the different spheres of hell. I think that's great stuff. Like, visually, I think it's really good. I think there's some interesting things there. I think if he was telling his story while going through different levels of hell with Verge, it would be much more interesting. Like yes. every once in a while yes. you'd go back to them. Like yeah. in the, in the film he is talking, like he is doing that. He's talking to verge, but you don't see anything. Cause it's in, it's all black. But well, if, yeah, but exactly. yeah, but if this was like a visual depiction of him going through the different levels of hell with verge. So every once in a while you go from a vignette of a kill back to them discussing things. I mm-hmm. think that would be much more interesting, but and then, and then progressively moving through hell as the kills progress as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think like the final fall would be the final fight with the police that break into the thing. And then, then his death and then hell. Right. Right. Like that would make fucking, see, you should be a fucking filmmaker, <laughs> not the piece of shit that made this worthless fucking film. And I mean, I think you could do that in an hour 30 and, you know, absolutely be, be done with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. So that's where I think like it, it gets too pretentious because he's, he's just yeah. trying to do too much. Like it, it, it well, feels like fucking filmmakers today are pretentious little fucking spoiled pieces of shit that never did anything. Their actual <laughs> life. See, it, it, it feels like because he's always criticized for being like this, uh, really antagonistic sort of director. Who's, you know, this really artiste guy, you know, who does all this like controversial shit. And it feels like this movie is almost like some sort of not apology, but explanation of why he does what he does in films. And it's like, I don't, I don't care about that. I, I don't. I don't care why you're so tortured or whatever. I. I want to see a good movie. I want to see an entertaining movie. If if it's a movie that's going to make me think about stuff too, that's great. Well, but, see, the thing is, I don't even know what he's trying to antagonize. Maybe there's a lot of fucking weak-minded people watching his films, and he's not trying to antagonize anybody. But everybody's a bunch of fucking pussies. That too. could be so, it too. I mean, there's that too because yeah, <laughs> I just see a fucking drivelistic piece of goddamn artistic garbage. That's all I see. And honestly, he should kill himself. <laughs> you heard it here first, Lars von Trier. <laughs> yeah. So there yeah, you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I, whatever I, you're doing, stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got nothing more to say. Like I I don't. I don't. I think I don't hate it as much as you do, Paul. But I definitely can't give this a recommendation because it's just, it's too long. I, I honestly, I'd be like, if you're really interested, look up segments of it that are probably on YouTube and 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 check those out, like the individual segments, and see what you think of them. But all this strung together as one big overlong movie. Um, I wish things weren't so goddamn predictable in the film. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, like, there's literally there's... it is set him up, knock him down, predictable. Every step of the way is predictable. Well, yeah, because you know he's getting he's get, he's going to get away with all of his crimes because he's detailing them. Like this is all the right. past. He's he's talking about his crime, and I mean the last one. Okay, so he doesn't he doesn't put that full metal jacket bullet through all those dudes' heads. Instead, he goes off to hell or whatever. So he gets caught, whatever. Yeah. But... So the one thing that I was waiting for never happened, which of course pissed me off even more. Yeah. And then you see the house. I like the house. I got no problem with the house. The house mm-hmm. is good. And then you don't have an explanation why the house is there because, of course, we have to be artistic because we can't explain anything, even though we just sat for two hours and 15 minutes of goddamn garbage for no reason. <laughs> and then there you go. Now, there you go. Yeah, it, 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 it was a struggle. It really was a struggle. It, it, I mean, this, this is truly torture porn for the viewer as opposed to torture porn for, like, yeah, the, basically, the hopefully you're like sitting on a cattle prod and some fucking spikes while you're watching this film. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for the recommendation, uh, Jay, but at the same time, sorry that we're basically just shitting on this movie. We know you like it, but it's like we couldn't do it. It's just... Jay, watch better films. <laughs> so we'll get to a little trivia here. House of Jack Built made its debut in a competition in the 2018 Cannes Film Festival seven years after Lars von Trier was banned from the conference because he made these uh, he made some like Nazi jokes. What's he, he, all the Nazi jokes? He he. Well, he, apparently he was drunk at this conference and he made like a joke about how he hates Israel and he said, "Yeah, I, I don't like Israel. I'm a Nazi." Um, <laughs> yeah, good which, you, which I mean, I thought I didn't like it. Not to get super political here, but I mean, Israel's kind of Nazi-ish themselves. So uh, I, I think he was kind of making that joke. He just didn't make it very. Uh, he wasn't very I sophisticated. Think he lost but his eloquence is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I mean, I don't know the all the details. He might very well be a Nazi. Who gives a fuck? But yeah, he was invited back, and everyone loved him again. So everyone was, you know, giving him everybody's pals. Uh, yeah, everyone's giving them blowjobs again and stuff yeah, after after, the after a while. Versailles, everybody was good. Yeah, and as I said, the second incident in this film is similar to Ray Bradbury's short story, "The Fruit at the Bottom of the Bowl," in which the murderer is obsessed with erasing every fingerprint at the scene of the crime, which is actually a good story. I've read that story. Well, why um, did you burn your fingerprints off so you didn't have any? <laughs> Oh, um, oh, logic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Iceman mentioned by Jack was uh, contract killer Richard uh, Kuklinski, oh, who... Very, very crazy guy. Yeah, who committed, committed hundreds of murders for the mafia, and, you know, he froze the bodies to keep them from uh, rotting and, uh, you know, <laughs> smelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like um, the story of the guy that he put in the cave by the, mm-hmm. uh, by the ocean, mm-hmm. and the rats got to him. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, like the, I like the fact that he was uh, the one time he went to a gay bar to kill the one guy, and he's like, you know, I dressed up and I look like a faggot. They, no, there's no, no, I have no problem with gay people though. Like, like he was very apologetic by the way he used like the word faggot and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm really, you know, it's okay. But I had to dress like I was a faggot and stuff. And I walked in and I stuck the guy and I gave him a heart attack, but nobody knew about that and stuff. I was like. It's so weird that you're doing all you're killing people, but you're so like apologetic. You don't want to offend anybody. It's really weird. It's really nice, but weird. It's it's he, just like he, he was <laughs> using he was using the word because it was the parlance of the times. I exactly. Guess. He's like, oh, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I have no problem with anybody that's that's like that. And I was like, wow, that's so weird. Yeah, that's you're really cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, a lot of those serial killers, when you see their interviews, unless it's like Charles Manson or something, they're pretty polite you know yeah, like very polite yeah he's like i'm not trying to i have no problem with anybody that's like that i'm not trying to offend anybody but i just that's what i had to dress like to get into this place and like i was like yeah okay that's kind of interesting that's a very weird yeah. thing mr polite man like it's watch out for those polite guys they'll kill you <laughs> yeah the, i mean there there's a there's a reason that that's sort of like a trope it's like the the quiet polite guy you might want to watch out for him yeah the guys kicking grannies and raping kids they're fine but those polite <laughs> yeah. guys <laughs> and also, uh, Jack is an engineer who sees himself as an architect. Uh, he commits a series of uh, murders in the Pacific Northwest. The actor Matt Dillon also played a character in There's Something About Mary from 1998, who is pretending to be an architect and who was accused of being a serial murderer who operated in the states of Utah and Washington. Uh, so there you go. There's there's a little bit of uh, 
duality there between those two films and both films have a theme of decomposition of bodies as well i i can't remember anything about something about mary other than what's her name something about mary had the like the 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 cum in the hand the cum in the hair that's like like hair gel that's what i remember yeah (laughs) ben Ben stiller's cum in her hair yeah Yeah. that's all i remember (laughs) but that's all that's worth remembering yeah but i know was like you have to bury me at least six feet deep so the so the the foxes won't dig me up and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. like, you're in the Pacific Northwest, so it's gonna be coyotes or wolves. It's gonna be foxes. Like, well, yeah, wolves, we're we're but, like, it's gonna be coyotes. I mean, I there so. are foxes, but they're not gonna fucking dig six feet down and bury your ass up. So. No, no. So I don't really have any dvd information for this i don't think it's released on dvd yet or blu-ray or anything like that like it's still like there's some digital streaming and stuff like that but uh it'll it'll probably soon be on dvd or blu-ray uh the budget was 8.7 million euros or 9.9 million dollars and it got a return of 2.5 million dollars total so way to go guys yeah way to go von trier you you made a two and a half hour movie that is arguably unwatchable and didn't make any money <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> so i'm not sure what we're doing next time it's probably going to be our first parade to westerns we'll figure shit out my schedule's been dodgy lately and so is daniel's uh so um We'll we'll discuss, uh, and of course, on the Facebook page, they must be destroyed on site on Facebook. You'll find out uh, soon enough what we're doing next, so we'll we'll let you guys know. Paul, you have been doing your own podcast as of late, and so let people know. You you just recorded several episodes tonight. Let people know what you're doing, where to find you. Oh, yeah, just check out the PA Brew News website, uh, where you can find me, all my PA Brew News, and we do Maniacs Meet. One word, Maniacs Meet podcast. We just did episode 13, Night, Dawn, and Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did three of them. And then check us out for Slasher Sundays. Every Sunday after we do our podcast, we throw up a Slasher Sunday. This Sunday will be the Embalmer from 1965. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, so this is this is a YouTube-exclusive podcast, video YouTube podcast. exclusive Yep, so you got to go on YouTube and watch them uh, on, a, on their stream. And, yep. uh, it's a, yeah, it's basically we sit at a table and drink too much beer and get drunk and talk about shit. Yeah. That's what we... That's what we do. It's just it's yeah, not on we, video. So. Exactly. We uh, we uh, we own our movies. So all the movies that we talk about, we have digital. We have physical copies of in different formats. We uh, show shit and talk about it, and uh, we just do it in a very uh, non-professional, low-key, have fun kind of way. Yep. And uh, the show tonight uh, that you did on the uh, Dead Trilogy was fun. Uh, and at the end of it, you guys like showed off a bunch of uh, like swag and uh, yeah, of you course, know, yes, we had to show off about so all the stuff that we had collectively from the three films and uh, autographs and stories and stuff. Yep, right, right. Uh, and you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find our Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. And until then, uh, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you again when we see you. Goodbye. Crashes through the door, lands in a heap 
You have been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.